Welcome to the Inspirational Educators Podcast, the only podcast with practical teaching strategies and tips that are efficient yet simple and you can implement right away. I'm your host, Nancy McHale. So just right before I started recording this, I saw a video of this bus driver lady, I guess this video is going viral, and she is cursing these kids out on the bus, really saying terrible things to them and using curse words very openly. And it's it was just really hard to watch. And I felt so sad for the kids. And then the caption of the person that posted it said that everybody is blaming the bus driver, but how about the behavior of the kids? Now, I know that kids can be frustrating, and especially if a teacher or someone in education or someone that works with kids feels overworked or tired or whatever it might be, they might take it out on the kids and like when one kid might do something or say something, it kind of sets them off. But I don't agree with that caption because although the kids can do, I guess, frustrating things or say something or do something, it really starts with us as adults. Like it starts with us setting the example in order for the kids to behave a certain way. It's building a trust with them and a connection with them so that they can trust us. It's us respecting them so that they can respect us. It We're there to set the example. Our place as educators should be there to guide the kids and teach them. And not only teach them content, but also teach them how to act or how to be or even how to respect. Now, I know that Like I said, I know it can be very challenging, but at the same time, behavior like that bus driver is unacceptable. I also know at the same time that educators are overworked. I I get that. I understand that. And I know that we get the short end of the stick. Like I have always felt like we needed, you know, I feel like teachers need to be paid more and and all of those things. I 100% stand by that. On the other hand, though, every job has its ups and downs. And the reason why, like, some educators might be able to get away with things like that bus driver is because we're dealing with kids. And kids are vulnerable and they're weaker. And they could be seen as a nuisance to other people. And other people might agree with that bus driver because they're kids right? But that's unacceptable. Like we are there to help these young kids become good adults and good people for the future. And it's our responsibility to figure out how to do that. And if we feel overworked or overtired or whatever it might be, which is understandable and acceptable, then we need to do something about it for ourselves. 
whether it might be self-care, even taking a day off a month, or whatever it might be to like make sure you're in the in good headspace. Or if you really are just kind of fed up with the whole thing, then maybe finding a different route. But really like nobody like that should be around kids ever. I'm sorry, I know that this is not the topic. I'm I'm going to get into the topic right now, but I just had to say that because although I'm on teacher side, like we are, I know teachers are overworked and the pandemic and all of the things. I, I understand that, but at the same time, like no one should be like that around kids, especially after me having my own kids. And I would not be able to accept anybody ever talking remotely like that to my kids. Anyway, that was my two cents about it. (laughs) Um, But today we're actually going to be talking about teaching methods. And I wanted to talk about this because although we probably already know this, A lot of times when I talk about these things, it's because I personally truly enjoy them, but I really think that it's a great reminder for us to hear these things again, and maybe from a different point of view, and maybe we forgot about this kind of teaching method, or it kind of sparks a new idea for you. So That's why I talk a lot about things that we may or may not already know as educators and teachers, but it really could serve as a reminder or, like I said, just a different perspective. So let's dive in. So these four teaching methods that I'm going to be talking about are ones that I have personally tried and loved. And of course, every approach will be unique and put our own flavor into it. And the idea behind these is that they are all student-centered for the most part, which I'll clarify why I say for the most part towards the end. But that is one thing that should be focused on when teaching is it being student-centered because it is for the students, right? It's not for us to just check a box off saying that we have taught this content. We need to make sure that they actually learned it, right? So the first one I want to start off with is project-based learning. Project-based learning is teaching students a certain topic and having them answer a an essential question about that topic. That essential question should be something where they are solving a real world problem or fixing something or building something, whatever it might be, but something that has where they're like problem solving and and figuring out a solution. I have a ton of projects on my website that are kind of like ready to go for you to implement. And one of the topics that I have written about is weather and this project is for younger kids maybe k through second and the essential question in that project is what kind of structure can you build to decrease heat in a sunlit area and so the students go through they learn about weather they learn about all of the topics they learn about 
uh, tracking whether they do activities about it. And it all builds up to that essential question where they have to actually build some kind of structure. It goes through and gives suggestions on how to build it and and has them reflect about it and draw their structure and all of those things. And then they answer it. So the nice thing about project-based learning is that there are a plethora of benefits. First of all, the obvious is that it allows students to problem solve as well as think critically. They have to think about what they're going to be doing, how they're going to solve the problem, all of those facets of solving problems and thinking about what they've learned and putting that all together. They're analyzing the situation. They're working with other peers. They're doing so many things at one time. In addition, project-based learning lends itself very easily to incorporate other subject areas. You can incorporate writing in every single subject. Like they can write, they can always write about what they're doing. They can answer prompts and they can work on writing through these projects. Another one that you can incorporate in every single project is art. They can do different art projects around the topic that have to do with the the project. So I kind of like to make it like a unit study slash project-based learning, but mostly project-based learning because you can incorporate a lot of elements into it that lend itself very well. Other ones that you can incorporate are, you know, just depending on the, the, the topic, you can incorporate math. If it's a science project, you can incorporate maybe history or vice versa, just depending on the project, how much you want to, how much time you want to spend on it, how much you really want to get into it. But that is an option when they're doing project-based learning. The next teaching method that I love is STEAM, right? And so STEAM stands for science, technology, engineering, art, and math. And I love incorporating STEAM instead of STEM because why not incorporate art when we can? There are many studies that show the many benefits of art and why not incorporate it when we can? So STEAM is awesome because it allows for all of those thinking skills that I just mentioned and really incorporating learning and thinking in a really fun and creative and dynamic way for students. They get to solve problems by doing these really fun activities that help them think and collaborate and work through it to problem solve and come up with the final product. And again, the more we can incorporate these activities and methods into what they have to learn, the better. I give a workshop on STEAM ideas and activities for teachers. And the one of the first ones is to, and actually have the participants do this, is for them to draw a picture using only shapes. Like I give them the exact shapes and they have to draw a whole picture about their classroom using shapes. And it's a simple activity, but it's STEAM because it incorporates art, 
and math because it's shapes and they have to figure out like how they're going to draw certain things. So instead of just drawing a picture, maybe even mindlessly or, or sketching something, they have to go through and really focus on how to do that. Now it's a very simple activity, but it can translate into many different benefits and you can always even go further with it and add more elements to it. The third teaching method that I love is centers slash small group instruction. And I clumped these together because you can do them at the same time. And a really simple one that I feel like many teachers use are reading centers. And that's where one teacher is working with one group. Usually um, everyone's on the same level, reading level, and they are reading a book together, maybe doing some activity together with the teacher. And the other students are off doing other centers. So that is a great one. And I have a whole episode on centers that I gave. And you can also have just centers without the small group instruction, where it could be different centers that have different activities about one subject. Or it could be like an accumulation of the day where there's a math center and a science center and a social studies center, or maybe even like a catch-up center where kids are catching up on their work. So there are different ways that you can do centers, which again, I go through in one of the episodes that I can put in the show notes. But that's another way that I love to teach because I get to work with students one-on-one And I get to facilitate and kind of just walk around the classroom, make sure that everybody's on task and make sure that everyone's needs are being met and answers are being, or questions are being answered. So that's another great one, a great method that I love. And then the last one that I want to point out that is, um, uh, you know, I guess the standard way of teaching is just a standard lesson. And I wanna talk about this because I talk a lot about like student-centered activities and methods and all of that. But I want to point out that obviously, sometimes we have to just teach a standard lesson. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Now, traditionally, it is teacher-directed, right? Like we are standing at the front of the classroom teaching the students something. Now, yes, that's teacher directed, but there are many methods and ways that we are able to now teach these kids, but make it more dynamic, right? So it doesn't have to be like that lecture-based lesson where we're just talking and then the students do a worksheet. It can be much more dynamic where we're talking throughout the lesson. Maybe students are doing a think per share or we give them a short activity and then we come back and we start talking again. Maybe we're showing pictures. Maybe we're showing a video and stopping it and then talking about it. Maybe we're having them take notes. So as long as they're engaged in some way and we as a teachers are making sure that they are understanding the information, then it's still a good lesson. It doesn't always have to be like a big hoopla, project-based learning, steam. It does not always have to be that way. But 
a standard lesson can still be a good lesson. It's just the way that the teacher is delivering it. So those are the four methods that I wanted to talk about because I personally loved them as a teacher when I taught and I still do them in workshops and even with my own children. And I think that whatever you do in the classroom, any of these methods or outside of these methods, just us thinking about the students and making sure that they're getting what they need is already a step above. So keep rocking your teaching. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I will talk to you next time.